Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora's edition of the Fantasy Football Power Hour that is bringing you every single running back situation inside of the AFC. You know on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora that the Fantasy Football Power Hour proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub weekly on Wednesdays between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. Eastern Time brings you content for fantasy football all throughout the year. We were able to bring you every single quarterback situation of all 32 NFL franchises in one broadcast, and that is available on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt and on facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt and will be added to our fantasy football tab on wakeupcalldt.com. Also, running backs of the NFL, NFC edition, with 16 franchises' backfields being spoken about for the 2022-23 season here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortor. And now we have the opportunity to continue the conversation on the running backs of the NFL by speaking on the AFC's six of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports truly meets that thing called life. So with that being said, we're happy to bring, to bring you the other half of the NFL's running back situations when we talk about the AFC's AFC North, AFC South, AFC East, and AFC West. We're here with Mr. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, myself, Dan Tortora of WakeUpCallDT.com, and our joint connection of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, as well as Winning Fantasy Football, the group that you will find here on Facebook that you can join for free on Facebook. So please make sure that you join today, the Winning Fantasy Football group. All you have to do is search Winning Fantasy Football in the Facebook search bar and you will find us there. So we would love to have you join us for 24-7 content, 365 days of the year when it comes to fantasy football. And of course, you'll be the first to be able to get to us and ask us questions because you'll be connecting in our win in our winning fantasy football group. So make sure that you do that and we can connect with you. We would love to do that. So with that being said, we're bringing Mike on here to talk about the AFC edition of running backs of the NFL for fantasy football and Mr. Sofka, we will jump right into it with the AFC North and jump into the Baltimore Ravens. Your thoughts on a backfield that features JK Dobbins as well as featuring. And for some reason we uh, were losing Mike here a couple times, but a backfield that features JK Dobbins as well as Gus Edwards and a few other players that are trying to make their hay on the squad this season and of course the man that is running the ball the most for the team Lamar Jackson who has a final year in his rookie contract believe it or not which is crazy for me to believe that he only has one year left on that contract before he has to sign a new one so looking forward to having Mike on here so we can have this conversation where sports meets that thing called life so hopefully we'll be able to bring Mike back into it so that we can speak with him about the AFC North, the AFC South, the AFC East, and the AFC West when it comes down to uh, taking a look at this season in fantasy football and what we're going to uh, be taking away from the value of these fantasy football squads that are out there. So definitely looking forward to having Mike hopefully on here very soon so that we can hear from Mr. Mike Sofka about his thoughts on each of these AFC teams as we get set for to continue our conversation. So we have Mike here, and we're going to be bringing Mike on to the broadcast 
and we can talk about the Baltimore Ravens here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets that thing called life. So, Mike, let's jump right into it. Baltimore Ravens, your thoughts? As we look to have him here as he puts his headphones on, we'll get to get his thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens as we start off the AFC North. So, Mike, what's your take on Baltimore's situation? I like J.K. Dobbins. I like him a lot. Don't forget, he missed a whole year with the ACL. So some people may have forgotten about him. I doubt it. He's a, he's a talent. He's a three-down back. But if you draft him, you got to come back just before your defense and kicker at the end of the draft, and you got to take Gus Edwards just in case. Now, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to get a bulk of the carries there, a bulk of the looks, but Gus the Bus has some ability. So, you know, maybe they're going to try to manage his situation a little bit differently than, than other running backs. So I've got him downgraded a little bit for where I think his ceiling is ultimately coming off the ACL. I got him at 17 right now. Yeah, I think J.K. Dobbins definitely is worth having out there. Listen, he's talented. It's just a question of can he stay healthy. And that is, you know, that makes Gus Edwards enticing, but also what makes Gus Edwards enticing is that when Lamar first came into the NFL, that's who he seemingly was most comfortable with, was Gus Edwards, who went from the bottom of the depth chart to the top, was third or fourth on the list, and rose up because of the fact of that nice connection that he had between himself and Lamar Jackson. So, you know, I think Gus definitely, when we talk about handcuffs and who's right to take and who's not, I think that Gus is definitely one of those guys you take at the end of the draft and you don't feel bad about because he should have an opportunity there. And and I think that he deserves to have an opportunity there with this team because of the work that he's already put in. And J.K. Dobbins is obviously the first choice. I'm also interested to see why Mike Davis is there, a guy that filled in well in Carolina when Christian McCaffrey went out with an injury and then went to Atlanta. And that's where running backs go to disappear recently. So now we have Mike Davis there. So watch that with Gus Edwards. But right now, Gus Edwards, a good handcuff to J.K. Dobbins because of injury and because of how much they run the ball in Baltimore. Next up here, Cincinnati. And we take a look in the AFC North at Joe Mixon. And behind him, we have, you know, Samaje Perine as well as Chris Evans, Travion Williams, Elijah Holyfield. It's become the Joe Mixon show. There used to be three guys there when Joe first came in. It was a two-headed that I thought needed to be a one. They needed to figure out who they were going to give the ball to more. And then instead of choosing between the two, they just added a third. Eventually, Joe took over, and Joe's been playing well. Your thoughts on Joe Mixon? Yeah, Joe Mixon put up some big numbers last year. Career highs in yards, 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns, career high, and receiving yards, 314, made his first Pro Bowl. So this is a guy who's going to put up the numbers for you. I got just about a you know a similar stat line for him all year this year on my projections. So I think Joe Mixon is a guy you can count on to carry your team. Joe Mixon definitely an RB1 at number six on my rankings. Yeah, I think uh, Joe Mixon definitely should be there for you. I got him just outside of my top five as well, but I think that he obviously has value. So there's something to be said about what Joe Mixon can do on the field. I have typically gone away from him and didn't really put a lot of trust in what he was doing on the field. But he has definitely uh, shown me what he can do, what he will do. He's on a team with a quarterback that can throw and can obviously make the Super Bowl. And there are weapons out there in the receiving core. But I think Joe Mixon brings a lot to the table. And if you don't get him maybe first, 
but you're able to swing back around depending on how your draft goes. And if it's a snake draft, like we have in the wake up call fantasy football leagues, he should be somebody to definitely keep your eye on because someone's going to pick him up and it's not, he's not the guy that you want to go up against. And that's definitely a reality. Cleveland Browns, they have a lot of issues with Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield. They don't necessarily allegedly want Baker Mayfield after picking up his $18.9 million option and they want Deshaun Watson, but they may not have him. So that makes Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt very enticing, as well as Dearness Johnson, if anybody goes down, because you're going to have to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball if you don't have the quarterback you want and you don't want the quarterback you have. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, he's definitely going to get the rock. Uh, Nick Chubb is an outstanding running back in the NFL. He also has Kareem Hunt to spell him. Maybe they'll manage his time a little bit. They're going to try to work in a little Jerome Ford, but I don't think he's in any danger of stealing any carries from Nick Chubb, you know, on the grand scheme of things outside an injury. I think Nick Chubb is a, is an excellent running back, but I got him downgraded just a little bit. He can, he has what it takes to be an RB1 in this, in fantasy football. I just think he's going to be just outside that at 14. Uh, I think he's going to get 1,300 yards still. So, I mean, he, he, he can do it. He can put up the numbers. He's going to get a couple hundred yards of receiving as well. Nick Chubb is the guy that I would have as my RB2. Nick Chubb is number 14 on my rankings. Kareem Hunt, 31. Yeah, and I, I think Kareem Hunt is, again, you know, another one to have on your team. But the question becomes, uh, how high do you draft a guy like Kareem Hunt? I've seen him fall in the past, and we just saw Dearness Johnson assign a $2.5 million one-year deal. There's a reason why you keep Dearness Johnson around, and that was seen last year because he filled in pretty well. So I think he's somebody that will be in free agency unless you have like a 16-team fantasy football league. He should be there sitting in free agency. But it is a name we're going to tell you about. We've said it multiple times on this broadcast prior to the season, so make sure – prior to training camp. So make sure that you're ready for that. But Kareem Hunt, good, but more of a home run guy more of a 70-yard guy, more of a catch and run for 80 yards. Nick Chubb is the guy that you want to have, and Nick Chubb is the guy that you definitely have to be looking at here because he may dip a little bit. out of. He may go out of your first round, but probably not out of your second round. I can't imagine that he would. Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, Trey Edmonds, and company behind him, Mateo Durant. A lot of guys that I'm connected to or teams I'm connected to. There's a lot of talent here. And I think these guys could go and fill in all over the NFL, arguably, because they're young talent that has done some good things before coming to the, the ranks of the NFL. But it's Najee Harris's job. His numbers are nuts. He has 1,200, had 1,200 yards on the nose rushing, had over 460 yards receiving, 467, put it together 1,667 yards from scrimmage, 74 receptions which would be good for any wide receiver in the NFL to make that money. Ten touchdowns overall. The man is incredible. And, Mike, I know you know his attempts last season, so I'm going to let you throw that one out there, that number. Yeah, 307 of them. That's a lot, especially for a rookie. But I think they're going to do it again. I think they're going to run it back. I think they're going to give him 300 more attempts. And he's going to get the, the looks at receiving as well. He had 74 receptions last year. This is, a, this is just like a Joe Mixon situation. This is a guy you want. This is a guy in Najee Harris that I think last year when he finished second in attempts and, and fourth in rushing with 1,200 yards and made the Pro Bowl, 
I think this is a guy that that might be his floor. It's not his ceiling. So he could jump up into the top five. Right now I have him at number five on my rankings. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that yeah, he definitely deserves to be up there. The amount of yardage that he had, what he's done. I give Greg credit. I know a longtime listener and a viewer of the show who had, who had said something about Najee Harris. And I was not as in tune with Najee as I should have been. And now I am fully tuned up to that. That man is incredibly talented, has brought a lot to the table for Pittsburgh, and they got a new quarterback coming in no matter what. So that also shows them leaning on the run. But Najee has more than proven himself at the fact that he can catch the ball, he can obviously run the rock, and he has become an extremely high-powered fantasy running back just coming a, a year uh, now in his second year. So last year as a rookie, this year as a sophomore, let's see what he could do. But I'm very excited about him. Houston continues the carousel of running backs that you knew from other teams. They have Marlon Mack now, who is a Colt. They, and I covered him when he was at South Florida. They have Rex Burkhead still on the team. They have Royce Freeman, who is now on the team. These guys just coming from different places. They have Dari Ag- Agunbuwale, and apologize on that one, but he comes from Jacksonville. They continue to bring people on from different places. The guy that I think should probably run the rock is Damian Pierce, coming from Florida, who was a good pickup in this year's 2022 NFL draft because Marlon Mack does some things, but not an every-down guy. Rex Burkhead, not an every-down guy. And Damian Pierce looks to be the guy. Is there any hope for Houston, Mike? Oh, there is, and it's in the future. You got Davis Mills, a young quarterback. You got Nico Collins, a young receiver. You just brought in John Mechie. Brandon Cooks is the most stable thing they have there in the receiver room, and they don't have anything stable in the stable of running backs. They, I mean, Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, I'm not hanging my hat on either one of these guys. I got Damian Pierce as the guy who's going to eventually win that sorted-out situation. Otherwise, it's going to be a – a mired muck of a committee for most of the year. I got I got Damian Pierce, a Florida guy. I got him at number 49 on my rankings, and he's the highest-ranked Houston running back right now. So take that for whatever you will. I think Damian, Damian Pierce could get you some RB2 numbers down the stretch once he gets warmed up and gets going. He still has tread on the tires. They didn't run him into the ground in Florida, although they could have. 5'10", 220. This is a guy who's a solid runner, 4'5", speed. I think Damian Pierce is the guy to win it out. But I don't think, unless he's in an RB3 or 4 situation on your team, that he's going to carry you to a championship. Yeah, and Damian Pierce, I just gave you some numbers here. Like you said, didn't run him into the ground. He had 100 attempts the last couple seasons, 106 and 100 last season, over 500 yards in those situations, 4.7 yards of carry, 5.7 yards of carry. Of those two where he had at least 100 carries, and he has averaged 5.5 yards a carry in his career, coming off of 13 rushing touchdowns last season. Damian Pierce, somebody that you could pick up at the end of your draft or get in free agency this year that almost nobody would know about, but you do because we told you so. The next one coming up here, the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor. Man, this guy is just the bright spot of it. Michael Pittman Jr. has been a bright spot, too, at times. They got Alec Pierce on the team now, my guy from Cincinnati. Matt Ryan's your quarterback. Nick Foles is your backup. Nick Foles just loves being in the AFC South, I've realized that. But Jonathan Taylor 
is there with Naheem Hines still. Naheem Hines, I covered collegiately when he was with NC State. Philip Lindsay moves from Houston over to Indianapolis as Marlon Mack goes from Indianapolis over to Houston. Tyson Williams is there too, who had some time and tried to make some hay in Baltimore. So you have longevity in Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, and then you have backup aid that has been in the NFL. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's all Jonathan Taylor. I think, you know, he's young. He's 23. He's not going to be 24 till January. That's after the season, essentially. So he's still like a rookie. This is the guy who ran the rock 332 times last year. I got him projected to run a little over 300 again. He should be the top. He should be a top three pick. But I'm gonna. I'm just gonna tell you right now. He's the number one pick. If you pick number one, take Jonathan Taylor. Naeem Hines a tremendous drop off after that at number 44 on my RB rankings. The other guys are all also Rams and fill-ins. They're nice to have, but Jonathan Taylor's your bread and butter. Don't forget, they got Matt Ryan there, an aging quarterback. They're going to depend on the run. They're going to depend on the draw. They're going to depend on the screen. They're going to depend on the wheel route. He can do all those things. Plus, he has some young, speedy receivers. But I think they're going to lean heavily on Jonathan Taylor. I like him a lot. Two seasons in the NFL, 1,169 yards in his first season as a rookie, rushing 232 times. Added 100 carries last year to 332 carries. 1,811 yards, five yards a carry in each season at least, five the first season, five and a half last season, 11 touchdowns as a rookie, 18 touchdowns as a sophomore, and has at least 35 receptions in both seasons and has caught and ran in a touchdown at least once on a reception. So the numbers don't lie, folks. Jonathan Taylor is a friggin' beast, and – as long as this man stays healthy, God bless, and keeps taking it to him. Maybe he could be with those running, one of those running backs that can take a licking and keep on ticking and take those opportunities like Barry Sanders did and just keep on trucking. This man is dangerous. He's good. Bold, saying number one overall, but saying number one running back, not bold. So I do like it. Travis Etienne in Jacksonville is trying to have his rookie season after he didn't get to have one last year with, due to injury. James Robinson is back, and the man still doesn't get the respect that he deserves. 1,000 yards as a rookie running back for the Jaguars. Not many have done it. He's one of them that has. And Ryquel Armstead is back, and they drafted in the fourth round. Snoop Connor, your thoughts on the ETN Robinson backfield? I think it's going to be a committee situation. Don't forget, ETN was injured before the season even started in his rookie season, so he really hasn't played at all. He came in trying to fit another role here. Trevor Lawrence's old buddy, I don't think he's going to be forgotten, but, you know, if he's not on the field, he can't get the ball. So I think James Robinson will get his share of carries. I think they're going to work Snoop Connor into the mix, 4-5-9 guy, very physical guy out of Ole Miss, 220 pounds. I think they're going to lean on the running game through a committee situation. They have an aging Marvin Jones. Uh, Zay Jones, who can't seem to get things right, and a Christian Kirk signing that I think is questionable. LaVisca Chenault's fallen off, so they're going to run the ball. They have to. They have to open some things up. They brought in Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold the previous year. I just I, – I, I don't see a lot here. I just I, I, I just don't see it. I want to. I want to believe 
It's just, it's not happening yet. So I think I'm going to stay away from this whole situation here. If I'm in a dynasty situation, of course, I already have ETN on my roster, but I can't count on either one of these guys. I got James Robinson at 42 on my ranking, and I got Travis ETN at 23. And of course, that's PPR rankings I give you. I look for Travis ETN to get a lot of screens, a lot of wheel routes, a lot of stuff out of the backfield. I look for him to get involved. I do like some Snoop Connor long-term. You could pick him up in a dynasty league real cheap late, I bet. I'm just waiting for the first game that I'm at this season, God willing, covering the Jaguars for, I believe, my 12th year on site on location in some respect, where Snoop gets a touchdown and I can write the story that says, Snoop, there it is. That's all I want. Yes. I want to yes. <laughs> be, be able to do that this year. So, Snoop Connor, you've been put on alert that my expectations are high. But James Robinson, I am a fan of him. Listen, you can't understate what he's been able to do. And Travis Etienne coming in to this team, he's obviously very, very important. And, uh, you know, we were just asked where we think Travis Etienne is going to land in the drafts. I still think people are going to draft Travis above James Robinson. I think the expectation, because he knows Trevor Lawrence, and he's a good, you know, he's a good safety blanket to Trevor Lawrence if and when he is out there. God willing, he is out there all season long. I think the both of them make this a strong backfield. I think they might cannibalize each other at times. But if they can find a way to balance and let James be the power and Travis be able to catch the ball out of the backfield and do some things outside, that could really help this team out. But where do I think Travis Etienne is going to be drafted in a typical draft? I would say, you know, a 10 to 12 team league I would imagine that Travis would be drafted I don't know why I'm th I, I'm thinking maybe fourth fifth round so to speak in my opinion if it's like an 18 round I, I would say fourth fourth or fifth round what do you think Mike yeah I you know I, I I'm I'm a I'm in a situation where most everybody's playing PPR yeah so that's not a problem for most people so I think for most people, you're you're going to kind of want to wait on a guy like an ETN. But there's going to be a homer. There's going to be a fan, especially where I'm at here in Florida. There's going to be a guy who, well, he's a big fan of, of him in college or a big Jaguars fan. They're going to overdraft him. So I, I would be very careful of that. I got him in, an, you know, somewhere at around, I don't know, maybe 100 overall. So if you're in a 10-team league, that might be as late as the the eighth or ninth, tenth round. Yeah. So I, you know, I just it, there's a lot of time between now and then. So I don't get into rounds or average draft position yet. There's not enough data to accumulate, but I still like Travis Etienne. Yeah, I mean, I like him too, and I think I think depending on I'm going with people that are trying to, you know, drafting running backs and maybe getting some guys early and heavy and seeing who the starters are that by the fifth round, somebody might take a run on him. But, you know, he's a question mark. Still, James Robinson isn't. So I hope that James Robinson still gets the play, and I hope that Travis Etienne gets the play as well. We go to the Tennessee Titans to round out the AFC South. Derrick Henry is a phenom next to Jonathan Taylor. I would think same division, but top two running backs as far as what your expectations can be. They did draft Hassan Haskins, though, out of Michigan, who's coming off of a 1,327-yard rushing season. 270 carries and 20 touchdowns, which doubles his output from the two previous years of four and six rushing touchdowns. So Tennessee's obviously saying, hey, we could do it without Derrick Henry. We could be the number one seed without Derrick Henry. We go to playoffs without, without Derrick Henry. But just in case, let's take our rich 
Derrick Henry backfield and make it richer with a guy who's used to running the rock, used to carrying the ball in a grounded pound league in the Big Ten that really does care about the offensive and defensive line. So he's been bruised, he's been pushed, and now he's with Derrick Henry with 1,300-plus yards coming off of that season. What are your thoughts on the backfield of Tennessee? Yeah, I like Derrick Henry a lot. How can you not? I got him projected to carry the ball over 330 times this year. He's going to get a couple hundred yards receiving as well. He's probably going to top 1,500 yards. So, yeah, this is a guy that definitely should be in the tops as far as picks go. He's number four on my rankings, though. And, again, I always give PPR rankings, so that takes him down a notch. But you bring up a good point about Hassan Haskins. This is a guy who got a lot of work in college. Now, sometimes that doesn't bode well in the NFL. 270 carries, a lot of carries. But he was the guy in Michigan. You, you know, and, and Michigan had a good year this year, this past year. I, I, I don't, I'm not counting on Hassan Haskins anyway, but I am. I am counting on Derrick Henry as the number four on my rankings. Hassan Hank Haskins, very built, very similar to Derrick Henry, but he's just not—he's just not there yet. He's a good blocker. He doesn't have great receiving skills, so this is a tough situation. They're going to work him in to get him going. Heaven forbid they need to give Derrick Henry a a, a blow, or they need to, you know. Hey, we've seen Derrick Henry get injured before, so he's not a plodding back. He's not super explosive either, but Haskins is a guy that could fill in nicely if needed to. But I like Derrick Henry. I'm not sure I would draft Haskins yeah. unless I had Henry and needed to handcuff him. Yeah, I think he's a good handcuff, especially down the road, and it's something that you could look at there. But ultimately, I think, you know, obviously Derrick Henry is, is your play, and Derrick Henry to some people might be the number one overall pick or the top three picks, not top three running back picks, top three overall picks. So that's what I see in that, and I would agree with that. I think it's great, and I think the future can be bright for both of them to be there. Uh, Devin Singletary, James Cook, we jump into the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. Devin Singletary still there. Taiwan Jones hanging out. Duke Johnson Jr. is now there. Zach Moss is still there, and James Cook comes in from Georgia, the younger brother of Delvin Cook. Got to interview James Cook and have him on the show. I think it's a Singletary Cook show, and I think depending on how Cook does, it could be the Cook show. So who's cooking in the kitchen? I think it's James, and trying to get some of them scraps I think might be Singletary and Moss. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be a muddled mess. I don't think they believe in Zach Moss anymore. Duke Johnson is there along for the ride. Taiwan Jones, same thing. Look, this is going to be James Cook's backfield sooner than later. But there's going to be a committee situation most of the time here. Cook is a strong runner. I like him a lot. I think he can overtake. And should there be an injury or something to Singletary, I think this would be more so a James Cook backfield. But I think until that happens, they're going to kind of split the load a little bit, kind of like they tried to do with Singletary and Zach Moss in the past. I don't think that's going to bode well for fantasy for either one of these guys. I got Devin Singletary at number 34 on the rankings. And right near him at 36 is James Cook. Yeah, I think, you know, Singletary and Moss are guys that people have not had the most faith in when it comes to fantasy. I think James Cook takes over sooner than later. He could be a late-round, 10th-round pick that you could really end up getting a starter at that point and someone who can make some hay for you. So I do like James Cook of the three the most, and he's the one that I would probably rank the highest despite the fact that he's a rookie. Next one that we have coming up here is going to be us taking a look at the Miami Dolphins. And your thoughts on the Miami Dolphins here with 
Uh, Chase Edmonds, who comes over from Arizona, as now that's James Conner's backfield. Raheem Mostert, who comes over from San Francisco. Sony Michelle, who comes over from the Rams. And Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed are still there. Your thoughts? This is a mess. I'm going to stay away from all this. Even though there's people that suspect Tua to, to, to finally put something up, make or break type year. They bring in Tyreek Hill, lots of speed on the outside. Jalen Waddle, who I thought was the best receiver in that draft. They bring over Cedric Wilson, put him in the slot. I don't think any of that's going to matter. They're going to be a committee situation. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick one guy, though, I'm going to pick Chase Edmonds. He's number 37 on my ranking. A little further down, Raheem Mozart at 51 and Sony Michelle at 55. This has everything that says committee all over it all year. Don't forget, you got Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed in the in the in the mix here. It just brought in the Quandre White as well. So, yeah, there's just too many chefs in the kitchen for me here. I'm staying away. Yeah, I'm not even touching Miami. I don't even have to talk about it anymore than Mike did. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's kind of like when your dog goes to you know go underneath the deck and chase the bunnies. No. So that's that's how I feel about this. You'll be. You'll be chasing bunnies more than playing fantasy football if you're going and drafting these guys. I That's a hot no for me. Sonny Michel, uh, he tried it. He tried it out in, with the Rams and, you know, get a Super Bowl ring. That's good. But it just – it's just not there. Damian Harris, the team that he was on, Sonny Michel, and got drafted to, the New England Patriots, Damian Harris, James White, the guys that we expected a PPR league to do something. And Ramondre Stevenson is going into year number two. Your thoughts? Yeah, I like these guys. I like all of them. I like them bringing in Pierre Strong. I like him as a, as a, you know as a potential future guy there in New England. I like James White, who's still in the fold. I look Ramondre Stevenson looked really good last preseason. Kind of fell off a little bit at the beginning of the year. Then he got some opportunities. Damian Harrison is a guy that I like the best out of all of them. But the problem is, is this is going to be a muck and mired committee situation like Miami. And I don't believe in the receivers as greatly as I do in Miami. So I think this could potentially be a situation even worse than Miami. But math is math. And I projected out Damian Harris to be the number 30 running back this year. And I have Ramondre Stevenson shortly after him at number 38. Yeah, I mean, my opinion on all this is is clear. Yes, it's going to be a backfield that's got a lot of different people like Miami. However, they're going to be utilized. And you don't like the receiving core in New England? I don't either. Guess who receives the ball really well? James White and Damian Harris. So still worth putting out there, drafting them and having them. If you have five and six running backs, good to put them out there. Ramondre Stevenson as a rookie last year, 133 carries, over 600 yards, almost five yards of carry and five rushing touchdowns. I like him as a late draft pick for you. These guys are guys that you – I mean, Damian Harris is going to be drafted earlier than maybe I would, and I would imagine people are going to go higher on him. I think him, James White, or Ramondre Stevenson, if you get any one of the three, you're getting some value there, and you're probably getting it late in the draft to help out your backfield and your flex position. The New York Jets, Brees Hall, he breezes right in there and is probably your starter. You have Michael Carter as well coming off his rookie season but didn't stay healthy for the entire season, just parts of it. I like Brees. I like Michael. And Brees has the best numbers of a rookie running back coming into the NFL overall. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I would feel disrespected a little bit if I was Michael Carter, but I get it. Your best ability is availability, and you got to be available. But everybody gets hurt. It's the NFL. This is what it is. You know, so I think the Jets took a long, hard look at this and figured that if Michael Carter goes down again, they're SOL again here. Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, LaMichael Perrine hasn't worked out. So, I, you know, I get it. Brees Hall is a powerful guy. He's an excellent running back. They've got him penciled in as the starter already. Now, I think that's pretty bold, bringing in a rookie, but when you draft him where they did, I mean, that is that is what it is. And, you know, looking at that situation, I've got him projected as the leader in that backfield as well. I've got Brees Hall projected as the number 20 running back. And then you have to go down a little farther for Michael Carter. I think they see him as more of a change of pace guy, a guy that can get in there, maybe get some goal line carries, maybe do something on third down for them. I got Michael Carter at number 43 on the rankings. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I agree with you, Michael Carter. I feel like you, you could definitely take a level of disrespect from that decision that was made. At the same time, you know, I think that Michael Carter could be playing for his job there. He could be playing for his job elsewhere right now with the way that things are looking potentially for him. But I think Michael Carter has value. He's a good late pickup. He's a fourth running back that I would maybe put on my team. But Brees Hall, back-to-back years of over 1,400 yards at Iowa State. Obviously, he still has to translate to the NFL, carry the ball for over 250 times in each of the last two seasons, 1,472 yards this past season, 1,572 the year before that, 5.6 or better yards per carry, and 20 touchdowns on the ground at least in each of the last two seasons with 41 touchdowns rushing in two seasons and he received the ball and was able to get out there and catch at least 20 passes or more in each of the last two seasons and had a reception for a touchdown two or more in each of the last two and in all of the last three seasons so his numbers are incredible and let's see if it translates I think that I think the Jets right now with rookies and sophomores this is the best team they've had in years and it's all based on youth what they drafted this year I think arguably they had the best draft this year of any one of the 32 NFL franchises. And I like the fact that they have Brees Hall there. He's draftable. And so is Michael Carter. And I think you draft Brees before. I think there's people that won't know about Brees Hall or won't trust him because he's a rookie. Some people just don't trust rookies. And Mike and I will take advantage of that. Next up here that we have is to the AFC, AFC West. As we round out our AFC edition of the running backs of the NFL for the 2022-23 season inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Seven days a week, indoor and outdoor seating and takeout delivery, 315-487-2222. Also the home of our fantasy football drafts here in Central New York. With that being said, we're going to go quick into the AFC West. Denver Broncos, Javante Williams, they re-signed Melvin Gordon, waited a little while, brought him back. And they have my guy Mike Boone from Cincinnati who spent some time with the Minnesota Vikings. Javante Williams, Michael Carter's teammate when they were both at North Carolina and both coached by DeAndre Smith. Javante Williams, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like Javante Williams. A couple hundred rushing attempts last year. Melvin Gordon, you know, he's a little long in the tooth, but he knows the system there, and he provides value. I think he can keep some of the wear and tear off Javante Williams for another year and extend Javante Williams' career by spelling him. I don't think there's a tremendous drop-off from Javante Williams to Melvin Gordon outside maybe some speed, maybe a little, little explosiveness, but that's a lot when you're running the ball. I've got Melvin Gordon at 33, and by the way, he could still – catch the ball out of the backfield, but I got him ranked at number 33 
Javante Williams at 15. And by the way, Denver just sold. They were just sold for $4.68 billion. Of course, that needs to be approved by the NFL and its owners by a majority of the owners there. So I, I, I think the future is bright for Javante Williams. And I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a better year than people expect. Yeah, and listen, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon III, the epitome of balance, both had exactly 203 carries last year. There's some teams that don't have one running back with, with 200 carries. They both had 203. 903 yards rushing for Javante Williams, 918 for Melvin Gordon III. Four touchdowns for Javante rushing, eight for Melvin Gordon rushing. And Go ahead. And now they have a quarterback in Denver and Russell Wilson. I believe in the receivers of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton can stay healthy. I think they got something going on there in Denver. So the numbers may go down a little bit because of Russell Wilson passing the ball. However, this 50-50, we're not worried about them cannibalizing each other. They're almost 1,000-yard backs together carrying the ball 200 times apiece. So I like them both. They are both draftable. I, you know that I'm high on Javante Williams. I'm happy with him, Melvin Gordon, and I'm pleasantly surprised at what he did this past season. They are both draftable, and they are both great. And these, this is not a handcuff situation. This is two starting running backs that if you somehow pull it off, good for you. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Ronald Jones comes over from the Tampa Bay Bucks after winning a championship with them a couple seasons ago. And Derek Gore, who is an Onondaga County native, Central and upstate New York, my hometown, my county. Shout out to Derek Gore. What up, what up, and do your thing. I'm very happy to see Derek Gore still with the Kansas City Chiefs and still in the NFL and super proud of him. What are your thoughts on the backfield of Kansas City? Yeah, this is a weird situation here. I think I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but he really hasn't done what I've expected him to do. But then again, they have had some changes at the receiver position there, and, and – Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So, But when you look at Valdez, Scantling, Mikael Hardman, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who is better in the slot, but there's not really a deep, deep threat. I mean, Mikael Hardman's got some speed. He's got some wheels. Most of that offense runs from Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. Okay, let's just be frank. So I think that if I was looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and he was on the board, I don't know, late, 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 He's not going to be. Somebody's going to overdraft him. I have him as number 27 on the rankings right now. And I have a big drop-off after that to Ronald Jones all the way down 12 more spots to number 39. Here's the situation. I don't know how Ronald Jones still has a job. It never panned out for him in Tampa. I don't know what the disconnect was. He's talented. He's physically gifted. But he needs to show it. Yeah. This might be a tremendous opportunity for him and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if Ronald Jones comes in and takes some of that pressure off him, maybe they both get better. Maybe his teammates and more like a Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams thing, they both get better. Here's hoping that that's the case if you draft one of these guys. But again, neither one of these guys is my RB1. No, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, he hasn't proven it. Coming out of LSU, 517 yards last season, 119 attempts, played in 10 of the 17 games in the regular season due to injury, had four rushing touchdowns. He's not a number one, he's not, he's, he's not a first round. He may not be a second round. He is your backup running back, and he put himself there. So we'll see what he does from here. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire, talented, but still, question mark. 
He, but he, he needs to wear them Riddler pajamas like Jim Carrey because he's got question marks all over the place. Los Angeles Chargers, Austin Eckler. They bring in Isaiah Spiller. They still have Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree the third, who had some moments and a spark that got some people excited on the waiver wire and free agency last year. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Chargers? And does Spiller find a way to carve his own within a team that has been Austin Eckler for a long time? Yeah, I like the Chargers a lot. Uh, don't forget, we're going to go back and hit the Raiders here after this, okay? But, yeah. Uh, Austin Eckler's a man. I know that I, I went O for A. I skipped the vowel. I, I skipped the vowel. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. I got to go back to school because I learned, I learned real good in school. I learned them there, them good words and them letters and such. But go ahead. <laughs> hey, I'm fixing to learn you. Hey, uh, Austin Austin Eckler, number three guy, top three back. This guy is going to get the touches. I got him over 200. I got him at 70 receptions. He's probably going to finish with 1,500 total yards. PPR league, he's going to get the – he's, you know, 70. There's 70 points right there for you in most PPR leagues. So, I like Austin Eckler. I think Isaiah Spiller is going to get the opportunity. I'm just not sure that it's going to be enough to warrant drafting him in a redraft league. I think Dynasty, I'm all about it, because Austin Eckler's going to start showing somewhere sometime in his young career. So I wouldn't worry about that. I think it is all the Austin Eckler show. If Eckler goes down, they're going to give Spiller some some opportunity there. But don't forget, they still have Roundtree, and Joshua Kelly stepped in a couple times as well. But again, it's all Austin Eckler here. Yeah, and, and the thing, Austin Eckler, last year, 206 carries, 911 yards, 4.4 yards a carry, 12 rushing touchdowns, 70 receptions, 647 yards, and eight touchdowns receiving. He is the epitome of what it is to be PPR, and so definitely pick him up. Evan, I know you're looking for the NFC edition. We did do that last week, and I'll be sending you the link, so stay with us here. And uh, Texas A&M, Isaiah Spiller. 1,000-yard back each of the last two seasons, over 175 carries each of those seasons, over five yards a carry, 5.5 and 5.6, and he did catch the ball out of the backfield. So Isaiah Spiller, I do believe, will be utilized. I think he is the future, and maybe Austin Eckler can train him to be that because we're I'm seeing, you look at those numbers, you're seeing that double threat guy. So we'll see what Isaiah Spiller can do, but he's a free agency person for now. Austin Eckler is a starter for you. We'll go back to the Las Vegas Raiders as I continue to learn learn them vowels here on the show. I'd like to buy one on Wheel of Fortune. So Josh Jacobs is still there with the Las Vegas Raiders, but they did not pick up his option, which says something about that. Kenyon Drake has been brought in, and Zamir White has been drafted from Georgia, the teammate of James Cook. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like Zamir White a lot, but I don't like him yet, okay? And you brought up an interesting point about Josh Jacobs' contract. But I think Zamir White with 4-4 four, four speed, this guy is a blazing guy. This guy has a great burst. He can get side-to-side -side lateral. He can sidestep defenders or can bounce runs outside very well. They, he just needs to get opportunities. He needs to get on the field. He needs to make sure his pass blocking is tight. I don't think Brandon Bolden's a threat to him. I do think Kenyon, Kenyon Drake is, and Josh Jacobs, of course. I got Josh Jacobs from his number 18 running back. I think he's still going to end up with a couple hundred. I got him at 222 for the number of touches he's going to get out of the backfield. And then he's going to get about 40 receptions as well. I don't expect for him to have a tremendous year this year, Josh Jacobs, with the advent of uh, – 
you know, Devontae Adams on the outside, Demarcus Robinson, Hunter Renfro. I think they've improved that receiving courts overall. I just don't think Josh Jacobs is that every down guy. He might be a good, you know, maybe a, a, a mid-range RB2 for you. And I can't believe in Kenyon Drake at 55 on my rankings. I, I can't believe in any of these guys. It's the one guy who's in the driver's seat right now that's Josh Jacobs as my RB2. Yeah, Amir Abdul is there now, too. So, uh, Josh Jacobs, yeah, I think he's, uh, he's definitely relegated himself to RB2 status. And somebody will draft him higher. But he's talented. He's good. And remember, 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 he did not have – that final year picked up, which means, like some, when he's in that contract year and he's playing for 32 franchises, not one, he might ball the heck out and show you who he was before when everybody was like, damn, he's a top five guy. So watch Josh Jacobs because he's a sneaky little sleeper that shouldn't be a sleeper right now. With that being said, this is your AFC edition of the running backs. We'll have wide receivers coming up from here, and we appreciate you being here with us. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, myself, Dan Tortora of WakeUpCallDT.com. Inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, this is the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub. 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, open seven days a week, and for takeout and delivery, call 315-487-2222, and you can call them to get their separate room reserved where we always have our show on stage every single month and we'll be there coming up very soon. In the meantime, go and like our group, Winning Fantasy Football Group. Go and join it, like it, and talk with us all throughout the year. Mike, as always, I appreciate you very much and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you. Check me out at HaltLaFameFantasyFootball.com. I'll see you next time, Dan. Thanks. Take care.